Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. My name is Winifred really Olivier, and with me in the studio is our public affairs analyst, Samaya Musa. It's always a pleasure to have you. Good morning, thank you for having me. It's been a while, most of you. Yes. Thank you so much for taking our time to be here with us this morning. Thank you. Yes. We have four papers for review this morning, and that is the Leadership Newspaper, Sister Publication, National Economy, The Nation, and Nigerian Children. These are papers for review on this morning. Of course, we are flagging off with Nigeria's most essential newspaper, Leadership. So let's see what leadership is saying this morning. Fuel scarcity price harder amid NMPC's assurance of 1 billion liters. Fuel scarcity price harder amid NMPC's assurance of 1 billion liters. Motorists commuters stranded keep BG at filling stations. Transport fares rise as one liter sales for 600 naira in Abuja, Lagos black markets. Scarcity may last for another two weeks, says Ipma. President in order query of NM, NMDPROA head, says official. Fuel scarcity buys harder amid NMPC's assurance of 1 billion liters. Motorist commuters stranded keep vigil at filling stations. Transport fares rise as one liter sells for 600 naira in Abuja, Lagos black markets. Scarcity may last for another two weeks, says Ipma. President did order query of NMP, NMDPROA head, says official. Still on fair scarcity, the sister publication National Economy is also leading its story on here. Let's see what National Economy is saying this morning. It says cost of transportation goods rise as fuel scarcity lingers. Cost of transportation goods rise as fuel scarcity lingers. Situation could create artificial shock in economy. Statistician general. Yeah, um, it's really unfortunate that this actually happened. Even though uh, what we thought was actually the cause of this first casting uh, doesn't seem to be the matter anymore because uh, if uh, the importation of you know a uh, bad fuel was actually the cause you know and we also heard that uh, so many ships after that have actually you know based in the nigerian water to bring in fuel which will uh, more or less replace that one to quickly you know push it in what is happening in the country and yet uh this is actually even going higher by the day and getting uh, uh, worse by the day uh the, the authorities have issued statements to say oh it's nothing to worry about is this is that but yes the reverse is actually the case yeah it's actually unfortunate you know sometimes you wonder when will nigeria really get it right in terms of when uh, we, we have this well just like in our backyard just like something you can just use your cup to fetch and yet we keep suffering all the time you know uh from this and i think uh the, the right way to go because we keep saying this all the time uh even though the authorities will keep uh you know meaning to be deaf concerning that is we have four comatose refineries for crying out loud for how long do we keep you know taking fuel from nigeria to go and refine it somewhere else 
And I think it's high time to look into who are the beneficiaries of this, you know, uh, fuel subsidy uh, regime, because some persons are actually enjoying that, taking it out, you know, and bringing it back. That's actually where they are making their own money. And those kind of people will always be saboteurs. They will never want that to end. And someone who thinks that somebody with uh, Buhari's experience uh, with regards to petrol, you know, he was once uh, a minister of petrol. Uh, you know, he's been with the PTDF, you know, uh, former head of states and stuff like that. So you think he brings enormous experience into that industry. And of course, he's the substantial minister of petroleum. So, and you know, things, there's nothing, nothing really has changed. The only thing that has changed is that during uh, Christmas, you no longer have uh, uh, fuel scarcity, which already we also know that is actually artificially caused. You know, so other than that, nothing really has changed. You would expect that there will be some major, you know, structural adjustments within that petroleum industry, which nothing has really happened. And that's why quite a lot of people are also calling for deregulation. Because if you deregulate, you will know that the first thing for you to do will be that those refineries will start working. And then if you talk about forced subsidy, that will come over time. You gradually, it's not something you just remove at once. You gradually, as you are improving on the economy, you gradually start removing the subsidy in such a way that the, the impact will not more or less be felt, you know, the way it will eventually if you say you are pulling out subsidy at once. So I think it's an area that really needs uh, urgent attention because what Ipman is saying is that this will even last for two weeks mm -hmm. uh, already within this space of how many days every everywhere is already like hell transportation is high when you get to every bus stop you think it's a market people are stranded mm -hmm. you know because most of the motorists that ought to pick them are somewhere else trying to queue for for fuel. Mm -hmm. people are holding vigils uh, you know at, at filling stations and what still is that some of these filling stations they sell they just sell about 20, 30 cars, and then they tell you that fuel is finished. Mm -hmm. And whereas it's actually there, where are the people who are selling by the roadside, where are they getting it from? They are not going to the refinery to get it. They are getting it from the filling station. So you really don't know who actually is saddled with the responsibility of putting a tab on these people to know who has fuel and is not selling. You know, And I don't really think, what's the idea behind, oh, we, we are not selling until 2 p.m.? When you have fuel, when does that start? You know, everybody is acting as if you own yourself. There's no anybody to supervise or regulate the system. You cannot have fuel and give people time. Once you, fuel is supplied to you, you have to start selling. Yeah. You, otherwise, sanctions will come in. You understand? By the time they have two or three scapegoats, that even you can even sell the fuel for, the fuel for free. After all, some of them, when they are opening, just the first day of their opening, they sell fuel for free for people. You understand? You can give everybody 20, 20 liters so that that will send a strong signal that if you refuse to sell, you understand the authorities are coming after you. So it's really sad, you know, because we don't really know how much this is going to affect the economy more. Because already the uh, cost of uh, 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 things are already going high now. And of course, uh, you can't blame them. You know, even the, the common uh, uh, sales boy that usually goes to work with 300 naira now is 600. He himself is already looking at how can he push it in for that because he's, if his guy is not increasing his salary within the space of this time, he needs to now devise a means. So really everything because you see, foil issue will always have multiplier effect. Yes, you understand it's and it goes uh, you know uh, across the board on every facet of our economy. Really, everything goes high. 
even your own staff you can't get their full productivity because everybody's attention is divided how do i get poor now where do i go then you go and spend six hours trying to get poor and it's affecting the work in the office so really quite a lot of things need to i mean uh, i mean action needs to be put in place such that quite a lot of things need to be checked so that the economy wouldn't go i'm sure uh, the food price that we're already crying about before you know it now that also will be affected because the man will tell you that if uh, this is how much it cost him from supermarket to get to this place so really to transport it so everything will be affected and yeah. we're hoping the next and, uh, will be just done. like what uh, the statistician general said let's see uh, national economy let's see national economy he says situation could create artificial shock in economy yeah you see that's uh, yeah of course it is it's definite it's definite because everybody wants to maximize profit or better still at least let me not be at a loss because you won't watch your cost of transportation to start eating deep into your own profit you know so everybody will now need to start adjusting and start sitting mm -hmm. up you know i saw some people trekking this morning i was asking where they go is you know just to you know, you know shorten the transportation mm -hmm. that he wants to trek to so so place so that at least by that by the time he gets to that place the cost will have reduced so really it's 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 really going to bite hard on every facet of the economy now uh Samela, last week we saw that uh, many people bought an uh, advocated view which affected right. their engines and cars mm. even a colleague was complaining yesterday that uh, the few report also affected his car that made his car that he was going to take care uh, just for now, no hairs has good. What is happening? No, that's Nigeria for you. I told you, uh, or maybe somewhere else, I mentioned it. I said, Look, nothing is going to happen. Everybody is going to look the other way. The people who did this, they are multi billionaires. You understand? These are the touch knots of the society. So you can't even, the person who wants to arrest them already, he has already received an alert. You understand? So what do you do? It, I mean, it's helpless. What we're just praying is that let something be done urgently. Forget about those ones. It's Nigeria. They bring it to, you know, to, to the news to say, oh, so so person is arrested. It's a lie. You understand? You never get to hear anything about it. We saw how the people involved in subsidy scandal the other time. Where is the case? Did you hear anybody talking about them? Which court is handling the case? You can't even hear anything because these are touch thoughts. You understand? These are people who come to court perhaps if they have a place to even land their private jets they will bring their private jets to come and drop them in court so you really will know the set of people you're dealing with that i mean we will have we've not gotten to that stage where we have a government that is actually ready or willing to actually put those kind of people in their place and we also heard that that the bad fuel that was brought in it will cost nigeria about 200 billion naira to refine it yes. you understand and then you understand this 200 i'm sure that well did not cost up to 200 billion and yet we're going to you understand we're going to spend 200 billion at the expense of you know the nigerian masses and this is what the kind of things we get these people will go and punish of course uh, they will grease grease some people's palms and that's the end of it because it's always a cartel there's no man is in isolation in that system everybody just take what they need to take and just leave the rest of us you know battling with the, the problem so that's the yeah. From real issue, we are moving over to the next because we have on our lineup this morning, and that is Nigerian children. Let's see what Nigerian children is saying. This maybe Carrie Carrie Gates. Police NDLE may clash over indicted officials. Carrie Gates. 
police and DLEA may clash over indicted officials. Agency rooftop allegations is red herring, says DLEA. Investigators agree hearing orders. IGPs, IRT, SROS, satellite units not disbanded. Wow. It's a story that has uh, practically blown the internet since two days ago. Yeah. Uh, what is the uh, about carrying the issue? Uh, it's, it's, uh, that story is uh, very, very unfortunate. You know, it's, uh, it, it's, it was quite devastating when it came. So people like us, I personally submitted a letter at the American Embassy in defense of Gary when that issue started because okay. we were feeling uh, this guy has, you know, uh, done so much in the system. Uh, when you talk about kidnapping, when you talk about banditry, mm -hmm. when you talk about armed robbery, you know, virtually every facet of the criminal world in Nigeria, you will find one or two of his footprints there. Yeah. Uh, you know, even though in the past there have been allegations against him, even while he, he was even in service, how, you know, he uh, do some uh, uh, soft landing for uh, notorious uh, uh, kidnappers in the southeast where, you know, he confiscates some of their own properties without the knowledge of the authorities, uh, you understand, and gets his own agents to sell them. But of course, we've always uh, with that with just, uh, you know, it's one of those things we can't be in that kind of position without having some uh, scandals coming in intentionally by people to just malign your image. But uh, I do not expect it. why it was so disappointing is you will think that uh, a cop who has that kind of profile, who, you know, ha will always go into the criminal mind because mm -hmm. he cannot achieve what he achieved without going into the criminal mind to actually know how a criminal thinks so that you'll be able to uh you know arrest him will also fall victim of this kind of thing how can he allow himself if you are under suspension mm. and then you go ahead you make yourself so visibly seen around negotiations for uh, 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 i mean these are known uh, 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 drug barons you know who have a, a, a cartel of how they operate over time you know, and you claim that, oh, well, okay, this thing started in 2021 and all of that. It's really sad that you can even get yourself involved with drug deals in the first place. You are a cop that everybody is looking up to in Nigeria that, yeah, I think we still have some people who can give hope to young Nigerians that you can actually be a police officer and distinguish yourself. And then you of all people, with the dent on your image you have not been able that people are still struggling to make sure that they dust you out of it you went ahead and started doing deals in you know and you see one of his major problems has actually been that he became all of a sudden the cloud chaser they're seen all over social media there is no intelligent cop that does that you need to keep a, a low profile he himself should know better that most of the criminals that have been arrested by them is because they became cloud chasers they became uh, very visible exactly. on social that, media. That is what I, I want to say. Now. You, you understand? Do you think uh, something like that perhaps was overestimated? Because given the fact that he, the way he fed, uh, he fed so cheaply, yes. you know, at least somebody that has been dealing with, just like you pointed out, drug barons, cabas, and all those stuff, that he himself could be visibly yeah, I, I think, I, I think present in negotiations and all those stuff. I mean, what happened? Yes, I think in the, in, the, in the final analysis, you will just conclude that well. He was being uh, overestimated 
is not as intelligent as people mm. think. Maybe he has some other intelligence officers working with him. You understand? I mean, you know, mm. once you have a good team, the, the you, you are you as the, the leader of the team takes the shine mm. a lot of the time. You know, maybe he has yeah. very intelligent officers who are younger, who are actually uh, not up to his rank and all of that, not the ones leading the team, who are making him to shine to that extent. But ordinarily, this has shown that he's not as intelligent as uh, people, you know, think or people have rated him to be, really. Uh, it's it's really sad. Not even a common an average Nigerian will not fall so cheaply. You you understand. Actually, you, come out to negotiate. You know, you are you are negotiating with somebody who was never your friend at any point. Uh, you just place a phone call to him, introduce yourself as a carry because you believe that once they drop your name anywhere, uh, everybody will be intimidated or will start shivering. That uh, oh wow, it's a carry. But you should know that everybody who is intelligent will also want to caution themselves uh, to say. Upper carry mm. that has done so so and so 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 is the one calling me mm. to negotiate on drug behalf of drug mm. bureau. Are you sure it's not a means to actually rope me into something? Because mm. a very intelligent officer, even though he doesn't have the mind to do mm. that, will want to think that a upper carry was the one. Maybe that's the tactics he uses to nail other people he's been nailing in the past. Mm. Those criminals has been arrested. Perhaps maybe this is a ploy to arrest me. So let me quickly go to the office and report myself. That this is the conversation, you understand? Because yes. before somebody will come and put me into trouble. So really, he should have been thinking in this line, in this direction, to not involve himself in this kind of thing. It's it's really unfortunate. And I tell you, this actually shows that at every level, at every cadre of the, of the uh, security outfit in Nigeria, you find people like Abakari who are actually benefiting from what they, what people thought they are actually fighting. Just yesterday, we saw how EFCC uh, brought out the list of properties belonging to a Nigerian military it's officer, a serving general in the Nigerian military, worth more than 10 billion naira. So many filling stations. These are people that we keep clapping for, we keep tweeting about them, we keep you know praising in the social media, talking how we need to change our mentality. The psyche of Nigerian youth needs to change. How do every successful youth in Nigeria wants to even have a shot, a, a, a picture with Abakari. Even after uh, this uh, issue of hush puppy involvement, we saw how he went to the wedding of the IGP. I sat that way, I was, and I hit my, head, uh, my, my, my hand on the table. How can the IGP allow Abakari to come to his son's wedding? Mm. It shouldn't have happened in, in the first place because you are said to be you apart from that you the igp is the one who constituted the panel to investigate him how can you allow the person you are investigating to come to your son's wedding it's so it it, it sends so many signals to the society yeah. you yeah. cannot say that even if you have that good relationship with him you just tell him that no don't come to that wedding because what the people will be thinking will be different you understand even if i'm not biased it will be shown that i'm biased yeah. really so i and quite a lot of things are just wrong with this with our system that you begin to think that really you know i mean hope is it's each time you feel oh it's getting closer to you some people just do some things and make it get far away again you know yeah. because if people in this class will be involved in things like this it, you just start shaking your head that so who else is, is left in the system to, to sanitize the system no, you mentioned the issue of the general that was uh, with, uh, the yeah about over 10, 10 billion naira mm. now the general is still in service it, still is that, it, what i found very funny will be named they say on name source that i found very very appalling and very nauseating how that you somebody who the court 
has forfeited this, uh, gotten a forfeiture order, and you are shielding him. How powerful can be can this kind of person be that you cannot name him? It's not a governor to talk about immunity. So really, we are just not a serious people in Nigeria, and this is what the kind of things we keep getting all the time. We were just not serious. I do not even think, because I'm sure there's no help, Mr. President, we say he has not read about it. Somebody told me this morning, a journalist said he heard that it's an aid to the NSC. Mm -hmm. Well, let it but be. Is that of Whatever it is, let them come out and just mention his name. I exonerate themselves that he's not actually fronting for the NSC or is he fronting for anybody in the presidency. I refusal to do that means they all know about it. Whatever they are doing, you know, they should come clear about it, you know. All right, thank you so much. Now, back to this uh, same uh, Pierre Gates. Mm. Now, police and uh, NDLA, they are heading for a, a face-off. What is happening? Well, police it is, is insisting that he indicted them. It, it, it's, it's, it's expected. First, I, I need to tell you that it takes it takes a very bold person at the helm of affairs, uh, like we saw in NDLA, to actually take the bold step that uh, General Bubamara took. I tell you why it, is, it takes a very bold person. You will know that in Abakari's case, there are people at the top who are sympathetic to his cause, who feel, no, you shouldn't let this guy down. Uh, you understand? An ordinary person that does not have the boldness of General Abu Marwa will not want to probe or go into investigating or roping or whatever it is that you want to talk about Abakari, that what happened in that place. They will never, and that video wouldn't have been in the public here, even if they do. Because the man will also be afraid of the people who are backing. Because for this guy to be under suspension, and yet it's still an issue of debate between the uh, police uh, uh, service commission mm -hmm. and the force headquarters itself, yeah. and uh, whether rejecting of uh, uh, the resolution or even the report of the investigation, it's been back and forth. This person rejected it, saying, "Go and do another thorough job and everything." You must know, Abakari has wield so much power around himself. So it takes somebody like Jerabu Pomarwa that will actually, you know, look people like that in the face and say, no, I don't care who you are. You need to go down for this, you know. And so it's expected the police agency, because there are so four other officers who are serving in the Nigerian police who also were arrested with upper carry. Mm. So the Nigerian police is also trying to come out to say, no, 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 no. It's all like uh, it's only our officers that are bad because the way uh, NDL is trying to paint us it's as if we are the only people. There are also police, I mean, uh, NDLE officers in the thing. And, you know, the NDLE is saying it's just a red herring. It's, this is just a distraction, you know. But I think the police uh, is also being stupid by issuing this kind of statement. Because you, what you should have been doing at this time is to also be working, get your own men. Even when you arrested them, get the names of the NDLE officers who are arrested. Come out with names and with evidence of when this happened. Or finish your investigation and come out with But not when this happened and then you begin to make allegations that are baseless. Because the NDLA has shown you professionalism that we didn't just mention anybody's name. We have done thorough job. We can even, if we've gone beyond recording voices, we make videos. So go ahead and do a thorough job and come out and stop making blatant or, you know, baseless allegations. So really, this is professionalism. This is standard for anybody to go. Stop making baseless accusations about anybody. I, I'm not surprised. I, I mean, nobody will be surprised if there are NDLA officers. But stop just talking from every part of your mouth as if you are not a professional in the job. The police should have everybody's dossier in Nigeria. 
when you are looking for any criminal or when you are trying to investigate anybody, they should be saddled with the responsibility of producing those kind of reports in 24 hours. If the police is here just issuing statements about NDLA officers without being substantive evidence against it, actually does not show professionalism and that is just, uh, uh, you know, being unprofessional. Uh, thank you so much, Amala. Now, what is actually wrong with uh, our police? Because, you know, during the infamous the Anani saga mm. in Edo State, yeah. the armed robber that was terrorizing the home of Edo State, mm. it was also a police officer, Yamu, that was fingered. That was exactly that was fingered to be supplying them with arms, mm. inform, uh, information, and everything. So, what is really happening with? Uh, well, so many, so many things are wrong with the Nigerian police system. I, I think uh, the first I would say is that I think they are being uh, underpaid. You know, you cannot have people uh, in that class not being taken good care of. But uh, besides that, they also have not actually helped to build the image of. <laughs> on the road than to see a road safety officer or vio officer on the road you understand because they still feel even though those ones too they have corrupt officers but it's not as bad as the nigerian police every nigerian police you see on the road you will know that this one will collect right it has never failed with drivers before they know if it's police just give him something and because you see there's a ladder there's a chain of the proceeds of corruption it is alleged that every checkpoint you see in nigeria they are giving returns somewhere Mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. So that is the chain. So these are part of the things that are wrong with the Nigerian police. The Nigerian police, they do not, if you're looking for any organization that do not trust each other, the first you can pick is the Nigerian police. This officer does not trust the, the other officer. I've worked closely with them during one of the IGs. I don't want to mention him. I also even went ahead to clear two uh, Mopul that were attached to us because we were doing a project at the time and we needed to sign at the, uh, uh, their office. Uh, I think it was in Area 10 at that time. Uh, I've forgotten the squadron number they call it at the time. And then I was signing to Mopul out to work with our outfit. And the man, their commandant, told me that he would not allow them to take their guns home. When they want to resume to work in the morning, they come to Area 10 to pick their guns. When they close at, uh, in the evening, they come and drop the guns. So the, the, the officers complained to me that please, I should help talk to the man because it's not easy for them to always go to Area 10 before resuming for work. And I went in there to talk to him. He said, Oga, you can't understand. These hmm. people, they are all criminals. Hmm. A police officer will take gun home. He will come back to the office the next morning and tell you that when he went to the toilet, by the time he came back, he couldn't find his gun. And a lot of times, they are the ones giving the arm robbers, giving criminals. They even have some arrangement that they rent those guns out yes. to criminals. And they collect either daily or weekly proceeds from the rent of those guns to these criminals. Mm. You know, So it, it, there's a hell lot of issues around that. And is it people seeing what is happening in the system also are joining not because they are patriotic, not because they want to go and change the system, they are joining because they also want to be a partaker of the exactly. proceeds of the system. You understand? Exactly. So understand. it's also difficult for you now to stop the man, the young man who say, ah, I want to go and start collecting Roja too. To now stop him from collecting that Roja when he gets into the system. Because and that was his notion before coming years in. Years ago, a cousin saw when we were still going to Liberia for mm. a common oh, yeah, as they were boarding the flight. My cousin saw one of the police officers that was boarding. He said, look 
guy. Mm-hmm. He was a known uh, uh, robber in Nedo State then. Yeah. Yeah. And so this guy literally joined the police force. Oh yes. my God, he said, oh God, you can imagine what he said to do in uh, Liberia. You, you, you understand? He's going to terrorize them, he's they, going to, to steal, mm-hmm. plunder, and Liberia it, it, by the time always, he comes back. It's always like I mean, that. What is you see, just to add credence to that, is mm. there was a time sometimes back, and uh, uh, also a SARS officer in Lagos who was notorious for actually uh, busting Amrobi cartels and you know arresting them. He was even in Abuja a couple of times doing because uh, they have a cartel that steals cars in Lagos to come sell them in Abuja and all of that. So he was coming often to do arrests, and then eventually one day, one of the guys involved who was a car dealer in Abuja who had close relationship with him because he once arrested him, mm. you know. Now said, the guy has also been arrested. Huh. What happened? In the line of his duty, he also put up a team of boys who are robbing cars for him. Huh. You understand? So, I think another unit of the SARS in maybe Portacourt or somewhere arrested some boys for car robbery and then they started investigating the cars they have mm. stolen and then, you know, one way or the other, it was traced to some of this man's voice. And then they mentioned his name, that he is the one who actually put them together. You know, from people who he was arrested, put them together, also equipment, equipped them with guns. And then each car they stole his vehicle, they report to him, he tells them where to take it to and all of that. So really, the system, everything is wrong with the system. And it really needs serious, we need to look seriously into that aspect of the system to know what kind of people you want to send there to actually go and reform that place there's need for total restructure even the SARS that we thought oh okay yes. it was what well, we eventually found out they just changed the name from SARS to IRT uh, um, you hear of SRS later some people came and said no they later disbanded them now there are investigations to say it was never disbanded you understand they're still operating nothing if you go to abattoir there in uh Guzapi, Nothing has changed from the days of SARS till now. The officers have not been changed. Nobody has changed. No, any structure has been changed. Everything still remains the way it is. What has just changed is just the name. You understand? And that's what we have all the time in the system. And you know, the audit carried out recently by the audit, uh, auditor. Auditor General yeah, of Prevention, yeah. We saw that over 100,000 rifles are missing from the police. That is so even the imagine, ones they can account for. imagine these guns in the hands of criminals and we are wondering why criminality is so hard I, to Yeah, it's in a, one of the easiest things to get actually is just to lay your hands on ammunition in Nigeria. Illegally. It's, it's, not a, it's not a rocket science. Once you have your money, you can get it anywhere. I mean, if it's stuck illiterate like the you know, bandits, mm. now terrorists in south in the northwest, can actually get it as if they are buying biro in the market. Mm. So how much more of more enlightened people? So really, it's not a big deal. It's one of the easiest things to, to actually lay your hands on. And no heads broke, no query was no. no query was issued. No, because if, if, if heads are going to be rolled, if heads are going to be rolled, then it will affect even the unexpected. Just like we're seeing what's happening to Abakari now. Mm. Who would ever think that he can even go stoop as low as getting involved in a drug cartel? Yeah. You know, you would think that he would just end it at the hush puppy scandal. But yes. of course, like with this one, even Buhari cannot bring him out of this mess. You know, it's really, really sad and pathetic. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are going on a, on a break. We'll come back. We'll continue with the last because we have to review this one. Don't go away. Stay there. Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Welcome back. The program is Inside Nigeria. And 
Leadership Television. My name remains Winifred Ugebo, and of course, my guest in house is a public affairs analyst, Samela Musa. Samela, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you. And I hope you know that. Thank you. Yeah. I <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. We have the last paper on our menu for review this morning, and that is the nation. The nation says Buhari governor's meeting on APC convention phase to hold. Buhari governor's meeting on APC convention, APC convention phase to hold. First and guest list of chairman aspirants, Uzodima Ayade, party can shift convention if necessary. Ah, Samela, this APC com uh, convention has become an abatros that most people wish to go in. Unfortunately, it's not something that can be wished away. What is going to happen? What are your communications? You see, uh, before, you, before you even start talking about the other person, the number one person to take the calls is the president. Yeah. We've never had it this this bad in the history of uh, democracy in this country. That a sitting president, a sitting ruling party, I mean, a, a, a ruling party with a sitting president, and everybody seems to be just be doing their thing. Mm. They know any coordination from the center, know nothing. I mean, this should just be expected of the opposition. You can, if PDP is having so many crises, you will always attribute it to because they are out of power. There is no single individual to be respected that can talk to this party and that party, and everybody will fall into line. But APC with a sitting president, because the reason is simple, very simple. The president are also also I mean always shown indifferent about every any any affairs of the party. He doesn't show like he's interested. He doesn't show he's interested in having a grooming a successor. Mm. You know, he doesn't care what happens. So, and that's why quite a lot of people have also uh, uh, brought up some uh, uh, analysis in the past to say they do not even see a Buhari going to any campaign ground, raising anybody's hand to say this is the next president of Nigeria mm. or something. Uh, you know, and that is so being self-centered. One of the qualities of good leadership is to groom a successor. Yes. And if you show you don't care, it means this was all you always wanted all your life. Your eight years and it has been given to you and you want to exit and even live deeper, sink the party that give you that uh, opportunity, sink it into deeper mess than ever. You know, even though we all, we've always known that the party is actually it, it came together around him. Yes. You know, once, you know, once he leaves the place... Bedfellows. Yeah, it is the only you know. You understand. And once, once, once he leaves the place, of course, we all know we don't see APC remaining as one. But even in the interim, that he's still in power, and your party is actually preparing to go into an election, except if they have an ulterior motive. If there is maybe another, maybe they have a another plan B to say, well, we keep doing this, we keep dribbling people until when it's late, and then we couldn't meet up with INEC. Uh, a deadline and then in the long run we just declare an interim government and when it is time for this man to hand over he brings in an interim government to say this government is the one to come do the need but it's it will be quite unfortunate because whatever they do as a ruling party or did not do has a way of affecting the rest of us yes. you understand yes. they're going to alter so many things the date of election is going to is mm. going to be altered the handing over date is going to be altered so many things is going to go wrong from their own uh, you know, inefficiency in, in, in office. Then secondly, is, you see, this uh, party chairmanship of a thing, mm. we have so many factions, there is that, you know, block of perhaps maybe the Ayabelo who wants the presidency to come to North Central so that he can be supported to, you know, contest that election. Mm. 
or to win the primaries eventually. It's also not rooting for a North Central man to clinch the ticket of the chairmanship yes. because automatically the two of them cannot be in the same zone. Yes. You know, and there are other zones. There are, you see, there, there is this block of the governors who also whatever what they are scheming is that whoever is going to emerge as the president will have to come between their poles. They lamented that they suffered so much in having access to a Buhari because it's not within their age bracket. They are not contemporaries in any way. So you have to lobby and lobby before you can see the president. They don't want that to happen again. You want somebody who will be within their fold in such a way that they have easy access. That rapport has been there and all of that, you know, to continue to run things. And then there's another block who actually are more interested in the vice president's lot. Those, that block is actually the one that started pushing for a Jonathan. So that mm. lobby in Jonathan, let him come, let the president accept him, give him, he can't spend more than one time in office. So if he does that within us, he will already know that we are the one who scheme for him. As he's going in, the VP will come from amongst us. Mm. So that when he's leaving after four years, one of us will replace him. You understand? So, mm. the, so those are the blocks. And these people, out of scheming for their own interest, might make this whole thing to collapse in the long run whatever apc has built in the past they might just throw it in the garbage and that will be very most unfortunate if that happens but the most important thing is that whatever they are doing they should make sure that none of these uh programs uh, the INEC programs on election is being affected in any way yeah so uh closely tied to this uh, apc convention it is, uh, it's still the same uh, issue of the electoral amendment yes so how many days now the president is still yet to ascend to it uh, honestly it's 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 another uh, sad uh, sad thing that is happening right now because uh, so many people have actually came out to advocate for well if we had advocated for uh the bill to be signed and the president came out on channels to say well the excuse why he's not signing it is the indirect uh, the direct primary or not indirect primary fine people have said well expunge that clause from the from the bill sign there are so many other lofty content in that bill that will be told to, that will tailor us towards having a more credible election than we even had and even for somebody like mr president who actually was became a beneficiary of a credible system that brought him into power should be looking at ways to strengthen that system better than the way what he met on ground or whatever brought him to power but unfortunately you know he's playing into explain to the gallery you know being under pressure by who i don't really know and up till now he's still keeping mute about it, it it's sad, sad really sad. yeah so for eventually the convention apc convention does not hold to uh, of course they will tell you that uh they are at liberty to shift the dates but I, I i need to also check again because i know uh uh what's it called um INEC, give deadline to some things at uh, primary activity i mean uh, the uh, parties act activities you know so i need to know what happens there but in this in this case the worst case scenario is to come for them to come up uh, come up with uh, 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 a consensus uh, candidate for the chairmanship and you know just adopt just go yes, towards what pdp also did yeah sani musa you know yes from niger mm -hmm. yeah that's a sani 313 you know so that's the only thing if they couldn't go into that convention they must come up with a consensus candidate you understand maybe toe the line of the pdp but uh, i think INEC also needs to be very firm 
not to tolerate any nonsense from anybody, be it ruling party or whoever. You must stick to the time timeline given. You know. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, <laughs> we have reviewed all the papers we have on our menu this morning on this side. Mr. Samela, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. I want to thank, thank you once again. Thank you for having me. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. So, viewers, this will call it video on today's Inside Nigeria. Tomorrow is another day. Don't forget to keep it big with us. I'll make really good people. Bye. This program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the stable of Leadership Media Group.